It is Wednesday, June 1st, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. Uh, We're back into the Christopher Walken, where do I pause and place emphasis on my words? I don't know the different inflection points that I have. Oh, those things. Uh, Here we are. Yes. June. Let's not do an whole hour of bad Christopher Walken. I wasn't even meaning to. I can't help it. It's like when, uh, yes, if I am ever uh, waited on or interact with a clerk who has an accent, I will start repeating that <laughs> back to them unintentionally. Yes. And people are like, "Why are you doing that?" I, was like, <laughs> I can't help it. Good day, mate. Yes. Yeah. Some people have a photographic memory. I have a mimeographic memory. I just can't help it. Like immediately repeat back what you just said to me the way you said it. Um, exactly. So, uh, hooray! We, uh, yeah. We, we are in the height of uh, delicious sports. NBA Finals is finally upon us. Um, finally and, and, upon us. And a fantastic uh, matchup at that. Uh, French Open, for those who can see it, uh, mm-hmm. has offered some, some exciting tennis. The uh, NHL playoffs are now in uh, at least the uh, uh, divisional finals. Yes, I, I, I can't count with those things. Uh, we are also in the phase of like... Um, where we're in the part of the NBA playoffs where I'm talking like, oh, this is a big, big game seven tonight. I, I really want to watch this tonight. And Jenny's like, what round are they in? You've been watching playoffs <laughs> for weeks. And she was like, the last one was supposed to be the big game. I'm like, I know that was Buck Celtics. That was the quarterfinals. She's like, oh, my God, that was two <laughs> weeks ago. And I'm like, yes, exactly. And so. And I was like, we're finally at the finals. So she's like, okay, great. <laughs> Believe it when I see it. Wonderful. Um, so we're excited. To, yes, the, the finals does involve a matchup between the Boston Celtics. So there are mm-hmm. at least two people in this studio who are excited about that. Matching up against the Golden State Warriors, who are now in the finals for the sixth time out of the last eight years. Yeah, I haven't done the counting on that. Um, I, I believe that's right. Um, so uh, we did check in with... Uh, uh, David Greenson, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back, who sort of remains our, our local uh, Golden State Warriors correspondent. Uh, but we'll uh, tonight have a chance to check back in with Bobby Long, yep. who also used to come in studio with us and, and talk Golden State Warriors. But he has since moved back to the Bay Area, so he thought it might be nice to uh, talk to him to hear what the season has been like you know, from close range. Yep. He did happen to sort of move out there thinking, oh, my God, the Warriors will just continue to dominate. And he's kind of the two and a half years he's been there has been kind of the two and a half years of them having some setbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's been so hard. Yeah. Yes. Um, but anyways, we, we thought we would get uh, a little Golden State Warriors report from someone on the West Side. So it's not, not every time that we get to say that um, the people who, who do this show, produce the show, have their favorite team in the championship for that. So, Tom, your favorite basketball team, the Boston Celtics, are in the NBA Finals. And then we invite in Fran Murphy, our intern, and he is also a big fan of the Boston Celtics. Welcome back, Fran. That's true. Um, Well, we talked about, uh, like last week, we went ahead and celebrated our nine-year anniversary. That's right. um, And we sort of checked in, you know, uh, hey, Fran, where were you nine years ago? You're like, I was just starting to watch sports. So as it turns out, you have not seen the Celtics make the NBA Finals. Um, You've seen them reach the conference finals a few times, but you you have not uh, seen the the Celtics make it to the finals. Um, or certainly not win a final, because that goes all the way back to 2008 is the last time they won a championship, and 2010, I believe, was the last time that they made the finals. 
Yeah, the first season I watched was actually 2010. There you go, when they lost to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the injury. Yeah, well, I always remember the injury. Per- yeah. if, if Perk stays healthy. That could be we, we bring it, we bring another one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So that well, that was a, a specific introduction of like, oh, they do make it, but they lose, and you mm-hmm. sort of like everyone. Well, I'm sure they'll be back next year. We'll, we'll get so many more of these, and uh, didn't quite happen. So it is hard for a team with as many championships as the Celtics as a fan to be like, it's been a while, but uh, it has been a while. It has at been least a while at, at the highest level. So that is nice to see, particularly since they uh, did uh, kind of bump their head against the ceiling uh, of late in the conference finals and weren't able to get through it. And uh, But a lot of those yeah. years was when LeBron James was in the East. So yes. it was the sort of like, huh, the Celtics are good. Are they good enough to beat LeBron? Probably not. Um, that was sort of the feeling going into East, each of those Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference finals. So now getting into these Eastern Conference finals against the Miami Heat, there was this expectation because the Celtics had been playing so well in the second half. They had, you know, slammed the door on the Nets. They had beaten the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks in the quarterfinals. Um, And then, um, so going up against the Miami Heat. And, I mean, we've talked about it last week and everything. It's been a really weird series um, for the Heat and Celtics. And so, sort of catching our listeners up from last week, Uh, The Celtics were up three games to two and could have, you know, clinched it in game six um, in Boston Mm -hmm. and weren't able to do so mostly because of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Mm -hmm. who is so fun to watch, particularly in the playoffs when he finds that gear. Mm -hmm. It is like, wow, that's possible. That's that's a whole lot of fun to watch, even from the other side, which it weren't happening. Um, He's he's quite entertaining. Uh, Yeah, for me, I, I don't like. Uh, and even going into the finals when everyone just is so like, oh, the Celtics, they, they should win. They should. They should win. I'm like, stop saying that. <laughs> yes. saying. Um, and the Heat definitely talked about how they sort of noticed that. And even Draymond Green saying like, oh, we're going to play the Celtics. Now, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. He didn't necessarily say they were going to win game six. Um, but I was just like, easy with that stuff. Yeah, and, and the Heat were like, we're the number one r- seed. They were. And, yeah. and also, I was thinking that involves beating a team three times in a row, yep. which is tough to do, particularly with. Uh, players as proud as Jimmy Butler and, mm-hmm. and otherwise. So I was not all that surprised that they lost game six. I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was <laughs> seeing a show and sort of checking my phone. I'm like, no, this is what I thought might happen. Yeah. Um, but then uh, uh, game seven, I, I was hopeful as the shared. Like the Celtics have not lost uh, two games in a row mm-hmm. uh, in a while. I think kind of going back to January of this, uh, of this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I had good hopes for it. Were, uh, Fran, were you feeling good going into game seven? I wasn't feeling great, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like Tom said, no no Celtics fan wants to hear that you're supposed to win this. Yeah. And having Draymond say that, it's just going to fuel Butler and, and even Adebayo, who mm-hmm. had a great game seven. And it's in Miami, too. And yeah. it's away, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're very well coached and, and yep. all these things. And they have recently been to the finals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was nervous. But then, yeah, they just looked so good in that first half. And when they are playing the defense that they're celebrated for and that translates into a good offense for them you're like wow yeah this is a really tough team to beat and wow Mm -hmm. it seems like they uh, have have gotten a stranglehold on this game and they should really be oh no here we go again yeah so that's what happened in game seven 
uh, the Celtics raced out to a big lead, um, you know, had a you know comfortable lead at halftime, 13, 15 points, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we know this in the three-point age that, you know, that's not that big of a lead anymore. You know, it is a comfortable lead. Uh, and then in the second half, you could tell that the Heat were like, we're coming for you. We're making our run. And the Celtics were able to keep them at bay. Uh, for most of that third quarter, though, it was getting tight, but it was always like, okay, five points, seven points advantage. Uh, but then something happened at the end of, uh, uh, towards the end of uh, the fourth quarter, where suddenly it was like, oh my gosh, they might actually blow this game. Right. So let's let's yeah, they pick were it up ahead from by there. thirteen points with about yeah. three and a half minutes left, yeah. and then next thing you know, there are twenty two seconds left. And the Heat are down by two with the ball. Yeah. Like, ah. So yeah, I, w- I was uh, having a real hard time mm. uh, watching that <laughs> as it brought me back to what I believe was uh, Game Four against the Bucks, mm-hmm. um, which again s- similar lead. And then they sort of like let's slow it down. I was like, just keep keep yeah, playing. Do your um, thing. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Jason Tatum starts to become a little absent. Yeah. And then Marcus Williams. I'm sorry, Marcus Smart uh, believes that he is the uh, offensive fulcrum for that team. Mm-hmm. So in, in the end of the game, he took five shots in a row, which he missed all of them. Yeah. And Jason Tatum didn't take a shot. Maybe yeah. He took one shot in the last. And so I was just so mad because I had seen this. Yeah, France exact, still shaking his head. This yeah. exact formula because <laughs> I went, I remember I broke it down in that game. and said, yeah, fourth quarter. You know, Bucks had 14 assists. Celtics had two. Just sort of one person walks up the, the ball. Get away, get away. I got it. Uh, no movement, uh, mm-hmm. nothing, and that's pretty easy to defend when you play that. So <laughs> I was sitting there like, I can't. I'm not going to do this. I'm not just going to bubble and rage at the TV <laughs> for something that otherwise they're so well coached. Mm-hmm. How can this pocket of poor coaching present mm-hmm. at the worst possible time right. um, that I just had to do something? So I got up, and this is about 11.15. Yep. And I was like, I'm making brownies. <laughs> <laughs> So I just went and started making brownies, just just brownies, everyone, um, with the idea of yeah, no extra sauce. I, I, I could yeah. sort of like poke back in and be like, oh, okay, again, so this is like two I was like, oh, great, down to nine. All right, okay, crack another egg. Oh, down to seven. So fortunately, and that was the big talk, so Jimmy Butler has the ball down to people wonder his signature is to drive he mm-hmm. always gets contact yeah, so really often to score that. and get the n1 and uh, why didn't he do that is it cuz he saw a chance to win it uh, and maybe it wasn't the most uh, advantageous choice but how can you question anything jimmy butler did in that game when he played all 40 yeah eight minutes eight, yeah, yeah. I, no one had ever done that in a game 7 of yeah. of, 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 of a uh, uh, whatever divisional final yeah. um but everyone was like, "Oh, he should have." And like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. it played out that way. But uh, if the Celtics have those sort of gaps, and uh, yeah, we're fine, right? Yeah, we don't need to continue to move the ball. And I just, I start chat, like just three touches. Yeah, doesn't does that mean anything? Mm, yeah, right. Just to be like, make sure three guys touch the ball before you do anything, just to make sure there's some movement. Um, and it was like <laughs> one touch. Yeah. Uh, Fran, did you have a sort of coping mechanism in that moment <laughs> instead of uh, making brownies? Did you do something else? Or were you yelling at the screen? Were you tearing up the rug? What were you doing? Just kind of grinding my teeth and hoping yeah. we can get to the buzzer. Yeah. Because this is how every Celtics collapse looks like. It's 
uh, Struess is putting in mm-hmm. put back dunks and threes. Like this is awful. And when Butler released that shot, I was sure it was going in. Yeah, yeah. And he and he front rimmed it, you know, yeah. because uh, because he had been playing, you know, the entire game and had scored right. forty some energetic forty eight yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, it was. Uh, it's really weird because I, I was in and out of that game in terms of sleep, mm-hmm. you know, but I did see the end of that. And I was, uh, it's funny, I, I, I don't particularly love either team, though I wanted the Celtics mm-hmm. to do well for you guys. Thanks, God. Uh, I have no love for the Empire of the Heat, you know, and so, um, but I was, I, I was like, God, if they lose this in this fashion, this will be a really devastating thing, and I didn't want that to happen. Sorry to uh, bring yep. this up, but you sort of have a, yeah. a, a, a reference point in uh, with the Bills being yeah, like, totally. great, and everyone talked, this is this is the year they should, but mm-hmm. they're like, okay, could, could we just kind of dub them the champions when they are the defending mm-hmm. champions instead of totally. they should be? You know? yeah. So I know what you, and like, yeah, it sure is nice to have a good team, but it's sort of frustrating to get close. Yeah. Like, we just like yeah. to fully win once. Yeah. So uh, this is great. We're going to take, uh, take a break in just a couple of minutes. But you guys, your favorite team yeah. are in the NBA Finals. Uh, and, you know, and here it is. These guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, you know, this great um, rookie coach. Um, Al Horford, who I think, you know, playing uh, running on fumes at times but man he played a good series and yeah. he's had a great playoffs even if he's not scoring a lot of points sometimes he his legs sort of come back early in the series but you know playing really good solid defense you guys are in the NBA finals it's 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 happening it's fun to watch yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's again it's it's, it's fun to be uh, in the finals and one nice thing about the you know sports that have a series is yeah mm-hmm. the, so that the, the next two weeks should should be pretty terrific yeah it's it, it, you've got two weeks of your favorite team playing like every other night you know it, it is kind of like that with the super bowl but there's that two weeks but they're not really playing right. you know like it's just like talking about like okay here the lineman said something funny so mm-hmm. you know um so yeah here we are so great, you, you're on the air, Bobby. So yeah, we're we're we're, we're at it. So uh, as we teased a little bit, uh, uh, Bobby Long used to live here in Asheville, and uh, I met him through the the improv world, and he was a nice person to talk to. Uh, played basketball on the college level, uh, Bobby. You played for Grinnell. Do I remember that correctly? Yes, uh, I did. Yeah, and yeah, was was was, was 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 part of a system that was all about like kind of seven seconds and shoot. So you were. Um, so it's always fun to sort of talk about the Golden State Warriors with someone who knows what it is to, uh, you know, uh, find a spot on the floor and throw the ball up. Um, so you, you do speak as a player. You're also, uh, 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 you know, a, a coach on, on the youth level. And uh, what we really like is uh, you now live in the Bay Area. And so you are experiencing the Golden State Warriors from close range. So we just wanted to know a little bit about what it was like to uh, see them go through the season and uh, if I remember correctly, Bobby, you sort of got there uh, imagining that you were going to enjoy years of uh, Golden State Warriors dominance, and right as you got there, they started to have some of their um, uh, bad luck with uh, injuries and things. So, uh, as it turns out, you sort of have been there for the last two and a quarter years when things did not go that well. But anyway, so uh, uh, how's it been to 
you know, has, has the city believed all along that, that you would get back here? You know, I think so. I think, truthfully, you know, everyone is waiting for Clay to get back and, and hoping he could be, you know, somewhat the, the player that he was before. Um, and, you know, it's been a kind of a rough, you know, there have been there have been glimpses. And, you know, we saw game six Clay uh, earlier in the Memphis series, and we saw him play well, uh, you know, certainly in the last game of the of the Mavs series. Uh, but you're right. I moved here uh, right when uh, I think, uh, man, uh, Clay. Clay was out. Steph Curry broke his hand. Draymond Green was out. We had D'Angelo Russell on the team. Uh, I think they won 15 games that year. Yeah. Um, and I and I was uh, I was gifted tickets uh, to to watch a game, and uh, they said starting at guard Kai Bowman. And for an avid NBA fan, uh, it was the first time in my life I was like, I genuinely have no idea who this guy is. Um, and uh, and truthfully, he couldn't apparently he couldn't afford to live in the city because he was making a league minimum. Oh my gosh, uh, California for you. But uh, you know, it's been really fun to watch them this year. Uh, it was a little scary when Draymond was out and the team was you know uh, was struggling a bit. But you know, they they seemed to kind of find their groove. Uh, there were moments of the Grizzly series where. I have to be honest, I was a bit worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when John Morant isn't playing and you're somehow down by 50 points in Game 5, <laughs> right. uh, there are concerns. But, uh, you know, I think we saw a, a different Warriors team uh, against the Mavericks. Uh, and, and who knew uh, Bielitsa would come in and in Game 4 and 5 and kind of be the difference uh, that Steve Kerr, you know, admitted should have played him more uh so it's it's been fun to see and and now they've had they'll have a a, about a week's rest before their first game uh against a really talented uh celtic squad yeah uh before we get to get that i want to sort of move back just a little bit uh you've sort of embraced the warriors as a as a fan uh being in the area were you able to go to uh games this year and just sort of like um you know, sort of putting yourself back into those shoes, did, was there a sense of like, wow, this team could make the finals? Or, you know, what, what's what been the mood all year with this with this team? Well, well truthfully, I've I've been a Warriors fan. I, I said wherever, stay, wherever Steph Curry gets drafted, right. that's going to be my team. So there are a couple of moments in the draft I thought I might be a Knicks fan. Uh, the, the Timberwolves had two picks, and they took Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, I'm very thankful that you know I'm not cheering for the Timberwolves. That's that's been a rough go of it. But I think you know this year. I mean, they started off hot, um, yeah. and I think everyone kind of saw that momentum. And then when when Draymond got hurt, uh, you know, it's one of those moments where you get to tell people who say like, "Oh, Draymond scores eight points a game. He's not as good as people say he is." Mm. When when he's out for 35 games. Or, or whatever the number was with the sore, you know, with the sore back. I think people kind of recognized, uh, you know, his worth again. Um, and I, you know, I think there are a lot of people who look at the Warriors and think, oh, it's the same old team from 16 through 19, and, and they're just as good as they are. But this, this really is a completely different squad. Um, and so I think with the injuries to Draymond and, and not knowing if, if Clay Thompson was going to be the same until he got back, and then as soon as he gets back, Steph Curry gets hurt. We just had no idea, truthfully, um, what this team could be. I think we thought there's a lot of promise. This, this team could make a run, uh, but we were certainly worried about the Phoenix Suns, 
And then things kind of opened up for us with uh, with the Mavericks completely changing the tide of the series down 2-0 to the Suns. Right. So now I think uh, there's going to be, instead of being happy that Clay's back and the team's back together, I think there's going to be massive disappointment if, if they don't win. Mm. Uh, I can see that as true. And uh, Jordan Poole has, is kind of pointed to as uh, you know, uh, the new Splash Brother. I, I don't think he, he's quite there, but uh, he's certainly not afraid to shoot uh, and at times uh, shows you why. Uh, he, he can be uh, quite good. So sometimes I think uh, he feels he is a, a little further in his game uh, than he may be. Um, but it is nice to go, oh, wait, it, you know, because Steph can sometimes be taken out of a game by a, by a long, aggressive defender or, uh, or even not so long at Marcus Smart. So it's just nice to see that if Steph is not doing it and if Clay is you know, maybe not having a perfect night, you're not sort of going, well, where are we going to get our offense? He, he has shown he, he is more than happy to step in should that uh, uh, space be left open. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Poole has been an interesting character this year. You know, he was in the G League last year for, for yeah. quite a bit of the year. And, you know, it was funny after his, let's call it like meteoric rise in the first series when yes. people were saying, you know, maybe Steph Curry doesn't need to start. Maybe he's the best six man in the league. I, you know, I was telling my buddies, I'm like, hey, let's, let's cool down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's not Curry 2.0 yet. Um, and I think that's the difference is that, uh, between him and Steph, certainly, is that um, Steph's gravity uh, affects the game in so many ways that people are so concerned about yep. where he is on the court. It just makes players like Clay and Jordan Poole better. Uh, and I mean, I think the you know if, if there's one weakness for the Warriors that that uh, Poole shares, that that Draymond shares, that I've certainly had to watch uh, you know 12 years of Steph Curry is that they are very turnover prone. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, that they didn't see a, a good opportunity for a pass, but they just feel like, you know, uh, a normal chess pass or bounce pass is just too boring. Uh, and so the amount of times that they've turned the ball over trying to throw it over their head or get fancy is it's what makes Curry who he is and why he's so special. But at the same time, it can be infuriating to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked about uh, Steph Curry's like the sort of gravitational pull that he has on a, an opponent's defense. Uh, lots of people make this comparison with like Tyreek Hill, you know, recently with the Chiefs um, in doing a cross sport comparison. But just like you have to guard that guy, and so it just changed the uh, the way that you have to defend the Chiefs. So. But in that, I, we were talking with um, a friend of ours who's been on the guest uh, on the show a number of times as a guest, David Greenson, who's a big Warriors fan, and he, uh, we talked to him a couple of weeks ago going into the Mavs series, and I sort of like uh, pointed at Andrew Wiggins and being like, you know, that's the guy that really needs to play well for the Warriors, not only on defense just doing something against Luka Doncic but also like has to contribute something on offense as well can you talk about Andrew Wiggins this year um and sort of like going sort of through this entire playoffs he's he's such a a strange character a number former number one pick scored a lot of points with the Timberwolves but then is like this weird kind of third or fourth banana on the Warriors but also, at the same time, vitally important. Yeah, well, he's, and I won't get too much into it, but he's had one of the strangest careers. Yeah. In that 
was drafted number one overall and was immediately shipped to Minnesota for Kevin Love because uh, LeBron was coming home. And he never got a chance. And, you know, we always, you always think about what players' careers will look like if they're drafted into the right place. And for, you know, lack of a better description, he was drafted by Minnesota. And, you know, he was kind of expected to be this number one pick who could shoulder this load. And, you know, there's a season he's averaging 25 and shooting 38% to start off the season from three. And everyone's thinking, all right, this is the, the Andrew Wiggins that we thought we were going to see. And then... You know, he kind of like, you know, he'll, he'll take his lulls and you kind of just forget he's there quite a bit of the time. And I think one of the great things about the Warrior style of play is that they're so inclusive. And, I mean, you know, just look at Steph Curry saying, Kevin Durant, please come to the Warriors. Like, it can be our team. Like, I, you know, I can give up shots. I don't care. And I think there's probably something about that atmosphere and the ability to – not have to worry. It's like, hey, you know, give us your best, whatever that means, and it's going to help our team. But we don't need you to score 25. If, if one game you can hold, you know, Luca to, you know, 7 of 25 shooting and the next day you can score 25 points, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think it, he's just been such a bonus for the team, um, uh, an incredibly unexpected one that, you know, I think they traded D'Angelo Russell for – for Andrew Wiggins and then ended up with the pick that gave them Kaminga. So yeah. uh, maybe it is the you know the Warriors being lights ahead like Joe Lakeup said, but he's just <laughs> he's been his defense his defense uh, is going to be big this series because there are a lot of long wings on uh, on the Celtics. Yes, I thought Wiggins had a nice series against the Mavs. Uh, we were sort of talking going into that series like gosh, you know, Luca's incredible but is he fun to watch because you can't really do anything to stop him he just always seems to find his way to the hoop and score and then you saw Wiggins not shut him down like oh "Oh, he was only scoring you know 23 instead of 35 but still you saw Luca sort of having a couple possessions where he sort of doesn't run all the way back he's a little frustrated just a little bit like man this is harder than it usually is yeah making Uh, him work and and then um he's already been appointed to a, a take on Jason Tatum in the next season, the series, and he's like, that sounds great. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Like we like to do uh, every week, uh, like Asheville FM provides us with the terrific music calendar. Uh, Our intern, Fran Murphy, will bring you our local sports calendar. Take it away, Fran. Thanks, Scott. NC State guard and projected first-round pick Traquavion Smith has decided to pull out of the NBA draft and return to the Wolfpack. Smith averaged 16 points a game last season as a freshman. The Atlanta Braves lost to the Diamondbacks 8-7 yesterday to drop to 23-27. The two are currently playing again in the final game of their three-game series. Coco Goff, who was born and raised in Atlanta, defeated fellow American Sloane Stevens in her French Open quarterfinal match yesterday. She will play Martina Trevisan in the semis tomorrow. The Asheville Taurus defeated the Hickory Crawdads 4-2 to yeah. yesterday to improve to 18-27. and 27. They will play the Crawdads again today at McCormick Field. And lastly, the Carolina Hurricanes playoff run came to an end on Monday with a 6-2 Game 7 loss to the New York Rangers. The Rangers move on to face the Tampa Bay Lightning in the conference finals. So sorry, uh, Hurricanes, but uh, as a New Yorker who was there for the Rangers a Cup, uh, I'm happy for the Rangers, and uh, we're happy for our, our buddy Jeff Santiago, 
who uh, we know could uh, use a little good news in, in his world right now. So we're, we're thinking about him and uh, go Rangers. And uh, hopefully we're going to get a chance to, to uh, chat with him in uh, a week or so uh, in the future. That's right. So we've got Bobby Long here um, on the phone. We'll be talking a little bit about, um, uh, yeah, about this uh, Warrior Celtics NBA Finals. But I wanted to ask you, Bobby, first, just about you as a fan. You've been a Steph Curry fan for years. Now you're in the Bay Area um, and rooting for the Warriors. You're there. How superstitious are you? Are you like, um, you know, uh, I've got to sit in this one chair. I'm wearing a shirt. Um, I've The bird pooped on my arm, so I can't take a shower. How, how invested are you um, as, as a fan and as a member of the team? Well, truthfully, I've been debating if you guys are going to ask me who wins and how many games. If I say the Warriors are going to win, does that have some effect? Like, should I pick the Celtics even if I don't think they're going to win? just to not ruin things for the Warriors. Um, but uh, there, are, there have been some times, I'm pretty sure it was game game five, I think the Warriors were down to, maybe game four, they were down to the Mavs by, I don't know, 20, and I and I left the room, and I came back, and they were down three, and I was like, ah, maybe I should stay in the room. Maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe I shouldn't watch. Uh, so I didn't. They went back down 20, and I turned it back, and I think Kaminga and the, and the second string had brought it back to eight, uh, and then as soon as I started watching, they blew the game. So I might not watch a single game of the series. Maybe I'll just watch highlights. But it's very generous of you. Yes. <laughs> Steve Kerr thanks you. Whatever I can do for the team. Yes. <laughs> well, we're not going to put you on the spot. You don't have to make a prediction. We, we, we're not that kind of sports talk radio. Um, if you want to share anything, you're welcome to. But as a Warriors fan, and I also need to warn you, we've got two Celtics fans in the, the studio. Uh, that's Tom and Fran. Um, so what are you thinking about? Are you scared about this series? Or are you like, I think I think we're all right? Or you're just like, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. How are you feeling going into these finals? Oh, I, I mean, I'm certainly, and I'm not just saying this uh, for the people in the studio, but I'm definitely scared of the Celtics. I mean, uh, you know, they had a, a rough start to the of the year. I think it's at some point someone has said in their last 200 games they were 100 and 100. Yeah. Uh, and then something, I mean, I think it was probably the emergence of, of Robert Williams, but they, their defense in the second half of the year and, and the way in which they've played um, defense is, has, me, has me incredibly concerned. Um, like I said, I think uh, you know, in, the, in the first part, the, they have so many long wings, whether it be Derek White or Tatum or Brown or or even Marcus Smart, who, I mean, the defensive player of the year, that they can throw at this group of, of really solid offensive players. So, I mean, I would be shocked if, if any team took this in five. I mean, this is going six, maybe seven games uh, for sure. I think that's right. I Yeah, I mean, regular season, it's, it's hard to point to that as a prediction of what will happen in, in the playoffs, particularly the finals. But the Celtics had a nice West Coast road trip, and they – they had a nice victory over the Warriors, um, one in which uh, the, you know Steph Curry hobbled away from that game and mm-hmm. didn't play again for a couple of weeks. So um, the Celtics did, did show that they can uh, you know, you know, uh, match up against the Warriors well, but there is something about the air of the finals mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, that no one on the Celtics has ever been there before, and uh, you know 
three of their top players uh, ha- have lived there over the last decade. And I, I, I think that, that's got a big chance to make a big difference. But t- we were talking earlier, man, the Celtics can be impressive, but they can just sort of forget who they are in the mm. final five or six minutes of a game. And if you do that against the Warriors, who can put up 13 points in you know, 3.5 seconds, um, that, 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 that can prove costly. So uh, on this end, as a Celtics fan, that's what I'm most scared about. It's not the matchup. I, I, I think there's enough talent on both sides for the Celtics to come away with a win. But just understanding how to, how to close quarters mm. and, and how to you know, take advantage of when the, the other team star players in foul trouble or whatever, um, just those... Uh, moments that the the Warriors have just figured out how to uh, make work for their advantage so many times, uh, you know, over the last you know uh, six eight years uh, when they've been there. Well, well, speaking of those last six to eight years since the since the Warriors, I believe in 2016, started making their run, there is only one team in the NBA that has a winning record since Steve Kerr took over against the Warriors. Any guess who that might be? Uh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> so it's um, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think the the one thing that should have Celtics fans worried is just that, I mean, they, you know, there were a couple games in that series that they just didn't show up. Uh, and then there were some games that they blew the heat out. But, uh, you know, they were going into the final you know, final three minutes, I think up like 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And had Jimmy Butler made that three, <laughs> I mean, I imagine the entire uh, the garden would have been uh, completely shocked. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, some there are some pundits out there saying that maybe it was just, you know, their third or fourth conference finals, maybe third since uh, Tatum and Brown have been there, that yes. there's also the possibility that all they had to do was get over this hump and who knows? They'll just be like world leaders for the next three years. But um, I think I think we're gonna see a bunch of close games. We'll probably see a weird blowout or two because um, the Warriors are, are liable to just recognize when when a, a game has gotten away from them to to rest their players. Mm-hmm. But I would be absolutely shocked uh, if if this didn't go six, and and uh, I would imagine it's gonna go seven. Yeah, uh, possibility. I mean. Uh, my thing is, you mentioned that the Warriors have been off for a week. The Celtics, this break that they've had between Sunday and tip-off tomorrow on Thursday is just huge for them. They've been playing every other night over the last two weeks, and then their previous series went seven games, too. So uh, we'll see. I, I think this rest has has been really big for them. Fran, really quickly, wanted to give you the opportunity if there's anything like, are, how are you feeling going into this finals? Are you feeling pretty good? Or are you scared of going up against uh, Steph Curry and your nemesis, Clay Thompson? I was hoping that Bobby would go ahead and pick the Warriors to, <laughs> to win in four, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be a long, fought-out series. Yeah. Uh, and just the fact that you get to see Jason Tatum and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, just people who are can score in ways that defy physics yeah. that just make you go, well, why is that the case? Oh, very quickly, Bobby, I want to circle back. Again, nice to hear that you are back teaching uh, – uh, youth sports again and coaching, but uh, what is it to again coach in in the city of Steph Curry? Do, mm-hmm. do all your young players want to be Steph Curry? Does no one want to practice free throws and layups, and everybody just wants to uh, practice uh, you know three pointers f- from the locker room? Yeah, there's no such thing as uh, form shooting when you walk in the gym. Everyone <laughs> just goes 
straight to the three-point line. I think that's nationwide, though. So now, I, you know, I, I came from from North Carolina, where where Curry, you know, grew up, yes. and then now I'm out in the Bay Area, where where he's you know become an adult. So maybe I'm in the in the two places where <laughs> most people want to be like him. But uh, yeah, there's no such thing as uh, as mid-range. It is all threes <laughs> or uh, or layups now. Fantastic. Well, hey, Bobby, we really appreciate that uh, you made some time for us. I know that you're uh, on earlier time and uh, uh, probably even at the tail end of your, your workday for uh, athletics at the school and everything. So it was just nice to hear what it's uh, been to uh, watch the Warriors close up over the uh, of the tough times and as they ascended back to the finals. So uh, I wish you luck. Uh, I really want the Celtics to win, but I, I will not be bad if the Warriors remind us that we have been lucky to have been in their company over the last decade. So uh, best of luck to you and to them, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up again soon. Okay, thanks, Bobby. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Um, so we've got just a couple of minutes left. Um, I wanted to throw a couple of things to Please. you. Uh, first of all, got to see, uh, Fran mentioned uh, the tourists. Got to see them on Friday night, um, and you know, in the middle of the game, you know, got a little bit, you know, just a slight touch of rain, and you know, a cloud came over, and all of a sudden we had a huge rainbow right out. Um, behind the field where we were watching and then the double rainbow came in so yeah why is what does this mean we were all making the double (laughs) rainbow jokes but it was spectacular and it can be a nice place to see a game yeah it's just so perfect so then i also saw i got to see two movies in the theater this weekend Mm -hmm. so i got to see uh the northman and then top gun maverick um and both of them had sports in them. Um, so the Northmen had this thing called Natalkirk, I think is the way you pronounce it. Um, and it's this game that is ultra-violent, big men hitting people and hitting balls with sticks and clubs. Um, but I think it could be the next big sport. Uh, have you seen the Northmen yet? I have not, no. Yes. Uh, it might be the worth Northmen. It, it might be worth it just to see the sport. All right. Uh, and then Top Gun Maverick, you know, there's the famous scene from the original Top Gun where they're playing beach volleyball, sure. you know, and Tom Cruise is wearing jeans on the, um, on the beach, which Very is practical. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're all kind of oiled up. In this version, they they do like team building exercises, sports on on the beach, wearing jeans, everybody's cut. But they played a sport like a, a form of football that they called offense defense, where you're on offense and defense at the same time. So there's two balls, and so you're kind of like running plays and playing defense at the same time. And I was like. I don't know, but this might be brilliant. Like, I'm kind of down for this. Top Gun Maverick. This time, there's two balls. <laughs> there, there are lots of balls in yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, hooray. They're like, yes, embedded sports. Yes. They always thought I was being noble. But like, no, we don't have to watch sports tonight. We can go see a movie. Yes, yeah, sports. Yeah, and like two new sports yes. in there. So, yeah, uh, just so that's a recommendation for our listeners. Uh, fantastic. This has 
again been a, a challenging week in time for a couple other things, but the world of sports has been mm-hmm. like, we got you, Tom. And the, the Celtics winning that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, that, you, you needed it. I, I needed that. And then, <laughs> and you had bonus brownies. I did. did <laughs> which I said, didn't even eat. Got to get the next day. I was like, oh, there's a full plate of brownies. Clearly, these, these, these were just <laughs> compulsive cooking. <laughs> yes. Uh, or throw a remote. Yes. So it was one or the other. Um, and then this is the French Open. Uh, That's right. Which... There's very kind of, uh, what, uh, reports that maybe this is Nadal's last time. He had some sort of foot injury, and he's like, well, my doctor is with me now, so I can get through this tournament, but I can't speak as to what will happen after that. We're like, what is that? What? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Um, but he had a remarkable five-set max match uh, against uh, Felix uh, uh, Auger-Alessim. Yes. Uh, it was only the third time in Nadal's time at the open that he was taken to a five set match he's won now all three it was great uh but that put him in a quarterfinal match against uh, novak djokovic who i ha- have said uh once lebron james sort of left the the eastern conference he is the player that right. i'm like you beat the guy i like more <laughs> yes. than i'm comfortable yeah. with yeah so for nadal to uh, and again nadal lost to him last year in a mm-hmm. semifinal match um, with Djokovic sort of feeling like I beat you on your own surface, so I guess I'm the greatest kind of thing. Yeah. So for Nadal to come back, beat him in, in, in a, a quarterfinal match in four sets, uh, and just to have uh, Djokovic be like he was just the better player yeah. today, he just showed why he was a champion. Uh, I was just so happy, even though it was nowhere to be found on any of the streaming platforms, although Fran's got a guy. <laughs> I tracked down a link. I think it was Eurosport. Yes. But the whole thing was in Spanish. So I don't uh, know too much Spanish, but I uh, picked All of it makes sense. Words. But it was, uh, it was just mm. a great. Just, and again, I've always said I think tennis is, for me, the most compelling sport on TV. It just translates so well. Mm. And, yeah, you mentioned really excited also for, for Coco Golf to yeah. uh, uh, find her way into the, to, to the semifinals. And uh, let's hope. Yeah. Um, so if, if she finds herself in the final, it would most likely be against um, uh Schwiatek, <laughs> uh, um, who is just so focused. Um, she mm-hmm. won the French Open a couple years ago, and is just kind of, kind of skinny, shakes her fist, and yeah. Um, <laughs> so it would be a really interesting uh, contrast in, in styles and otherwise. But uh, uh, hooray for the French Open, even if they don't really want to put it anywhere on TV. <laughs> yeah, I got I, I told you guys in the break that my my mom was frantically texting me she's like where is this nadal federer match why can't i do it and you know djokovic. like like uh, um uh djokovic sorry yeah um like fran said i don't know a guy but i know how to find those things on the internet but i was like there's no way i'm gonna tell my mom like <laughs> so you have to go to these european black yeah dark websites you know <laughs> you know that it's like you maybe interrupt a sort of terrorist interrogation or you might find the tennis match right. you know like yeah like I, i'm just not gonna do that and i'm like see if you can buy it some point and it's in the middle of the thing yes. yeah uh no hooray and then um <laughs> mentioned hockey so uh just really surprising that the hurricanes had uh, won all their games at home and lost all their games away. They were kind of seven and six going into that. And for the Rangers to come to Carolina and win that game seven was just remarkable. I sort of had a fun bit with like, oh, what if the goalie got switched out the last couple of games? It was all these goalies getting hurt and switched yeah. out and things. So that, that sort of ended up being slightly <laughs> so, prophetic. So we got to hear so many yes. different names yes. being discussed. Um, yeah. 
But to her, I would just say, so uh, hooray for the, for the Rangers bringing a little personality to that. Uh, yep. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning are just so good. Yeah. Um, and then the West is this kind of crazy. So it is um, Colorado versus Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And the first game, it was like 8-6. It's yeah. just like they score like every two and a half minutes. Um, yeah. Which like, is sort of fun, but then it kind of has a point of diminishing returns on that. You're like... Okay, are these goalies like <laughs> yeah. um, not allowed to stop the puck? Like yeah. what? Um, but anyways, I just think the Rangers just makes it like, yeah, now I'm going to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you root for Canada, you root for Edmonton. So they're the last uh, last team left. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.